Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going, we've, we toss around the term divine human quite a bit in this program. And uh, today, we're going to do what I think is kind of a deep dive on this. Creator reveals the future of the divine human. Indeed, this is uh, an apt description, as it turns out. We've been largely convinced, you know, number-wise among us of the scientific perspective that we're a product of evolution. We started from some primordial ooze and just over time with random bumping together of things, here we are. And so there's no larger <laughs> purpose to it and no bigger heritage in the, uh, the genesis of things. But this is all completely wrong. We were created beings, each one of us with an individual soul. So there is a plan. There is a plan for us. And it behooves us to look into this because we can't plot our course if we don't know where we need to be going. If we think this is just sort of a random fluke and has no larger purpose or meaning, we're going to be complacent. We're going to be lazy. We're going to waste a lot of time and effort. When we're missing the point entirely for the, 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 the meaning of existence yes. and what the potential is for us. Well, we're going to explore some of that potential. It's pretty grand. You asked Creator, was Jesus Christ the prototype of the divine human? What are the other exalted religious figures such as Buddha and Krishna? All right. It is a channeler talking to Creator of all it is. We ask questions like this, and we get answers. So this is a transcript of what Creator told us. All were prototypes of the divine human and intended to point the way for everyone incarnated as a human being to learn from their role models, so to speak, how to live on a divine path and convey divine truth while demonstrating divine principles in action. All of them were teachers. All of them were showing the way for what can be your future destiny as essentially disciples of God, carrying forth the divine wisdom and truth of love as the ultimate expression of energy in any location for any purpose. There is no higher calling than to be an ambassador of love, a teacher and mentor, and a living embodiment of love in action. Those characteristics are shared by all humans who step into the role of lightworker in some way during their lifetime, although many are currently adopting a false path. And this has been a pitfall all through human history, that many lose their way by being misdirected and manipulated to be duped into following some false premise that constrains their achievements and causes them to be out of alignment enough to be without true influence, or worse, to be a negative influence by planting seeds of an eventual negative consequence in their followers. Each human is unique, and that is owing to have, having unique soul characteristics. 
Each of the great teachers and prophets are unique because not only do each have a unique soul configuration, each one has a unique mission owing to their place in history, the time and setting when they were born, and the nature of the mission life each is undertaking to help the betterment of the human family and especially its mission to solve the problem of evil. Some of the mission lives are more difficult than others. Some of the timing and circumstance these lightworkers find themselves in will vary greatly in terms of the risks and dangers involved, as well as the challenges in making any kind of headway to awaken others to the reality of the divine and carry on a campaign to help enlightenment unfold. But all have a place and all are important. These way showers were instrumental in moving many thousands to the cause of the light and their influence is still being felt today because they were conveying divine truth. The people of their era knew it and that is why their legend has lived on. Not only did they leave a mark, that mark is being reinforced again and again by us. Whenever someone encounters their name, their teachings, or a symbol of their prior lifetime, we will impulse that person with a kind of congratulations to help reinforce they are onto something and looking at something of great value. So this may encourage a further look, some further study, or even the adoption of a life devoted to that figure in their message and teaching, but it will be their choice. We can only do some promotion through a kind of inner encouragement in a very general way, so people will at least feel good about the subjects in question in their message. Not all will get the hint, but those who do will be rewarded. Once again, a very rich channeling, one we could probably spend the rest of the hour talking off of if we had nothing else to, to share. But there's a there's really a lot said here. And then and the question of, you know, is was Christ the prototype? And the answer was a profound yes, you know, that this is what that means is that's our future. That we're not just supposed to follow Jesus Christ. We're supposed to become Jesus Christ essentially someday. And that's a powerful message. Yeah, it is indeed, and it's contrary even to religious perspectives who are reinforcing this idea of separation. You've got the divine, which is splendid and magnificent and awesome, and then you've got us, the the weaklings, the supplicants, the flawed, the unworthy, and so on. And that is a disempowerment that is non-divine itself. So that's one of the things we're we're doing here to focus on the message of the divine human as a kind of antidote to that kind of thinking, because that will hold us down and hold us back. Yes. Uh, You know, Christianity has so much to to offer for itself. But the one thing that I've always kind of found troubling when I I was born and raised a Catholic is this kind of undercurrent message that we are going to be forever inferior to Christ. You know, our inferiority is eternal. And I've, I've never bought that. I've always felt inside that there was something wrong with that outlook. Well, we're going to learn a little bit more about this as we continue going. Indeed. You ask Creator, Jesus Christ and his mother Mary were both said to have been born without sin. Does that really mean that both chose mission lives to incarnate for the upliftment of humanity and that being without sin 
reflects that neither had a karmic backlog of trauma that required healing. All right, and this is Creator's answer. This is the best interpretation of that designation, that there was no baggage, so to speak, no liabilities or karmic penalties coming due that needed to be repaid, in which case they might well falter in the current life mission or have distractions and periods of ineffectiveness while they were, in a sense, having to work through personal issues that would be, at a minimum, a distraction and, at worst, derail their ongoing mission for a time. This is something that befalls almost every human, that there will be a lot of karma to be reckoned with. It is simply the nature of existence that the law of karma will catch up to a person during each incarnation and bring around to them challenges to be overcome that were left undone in prior go-rounds. Some have more work to do than others. Most people who spend lives suffering and seemingly on the sidelines through poverty, chronic health impairment, disabilities, and other major issues rendering them unable to care for themselves or to be effective and self-sustaining in life are actually working through serious karmic issues. And their lives will, in the end, have great meaning from having done that. But it makes them ineffective as a spokesperson and advocate for divine truth to accomplish such a mission life, as they will hardly be a good example to others to emulate. Those who see the deeper truth that they have in all likelihood already served and possibly in many, many lifetimes and have been wounded repeatedly and are now having to deal with the consequences of victimization in many cases will see that it is no reflection of their worth as a soul-based being, but only a dilemma of the moment. And in a sense, their life is a consequence of wounding very much akin to the wounded combat veteran who has bestowed a Purple Heart and perhaps other medals for courage and resourcefulness through their leadership during extremely stressful circumstances on the battlefield. This is an apt description of what all humans are going through with their lifetimes. They are in a contest for survival with interlopers intent on destroying their world. So in that sense, all are walking wounded. These exalted figures you ask about had particularly important mission lives and were in a more pristine state of being to facilitate their mission by having all karma set aside and held in abeyance so they were, in effect, blessed with extra support. You know, that, that last sentence is really interesting. That might have to explore that a little bit more. Because yeah, my thought was that they had dealt with all their karma in previous incarnations. So the idea that they were, you know, without sin didn't mean that they were always without sin, but that they were out sin when they entered, when they entered Earth. But this last sentence is pretty interesting where it says it was actually held in abeyance. So they might still have had some karmic backlog, but... Perhaps it was held back just for the importance of this mission. Well, that is what it says, <laughs> Brian. Yeah, it doesn't say, it does say that. You know? It doesn't say they were pristine because they had worked through all their past mistakes and travails and, right. and come out squeaky clean on the other side, better than everyone else in their achievements and, and <laughs> in a more exalted state of being. No, they were 
allowed to be protected by having all their karma set aside, held yes. in abeyance. Yes. So that, this isn't a beauty contest. We're not trying to tamper with the idea that Christ is divine, for example. The, the message is more one that we're all divine. Yes. And the the idea is not that we're going to be equal to God and we're just as magnificent and wonderful and can be all powerful and so on. It's just that we are of God and Christ was of God. Yes. We're all a creation of the divine and we are all special and we're just in different places for differing reasons. Yes. But we all have infinite potential. Yes. That's, that's the important thing to keep in mind here. <laughs> You ask, Creator, of the two while incarnated here, Jesus had the more public mission than his mother, Mary, who, where she appears to have been almost a dedicated role of behind-the-scenes support for his mission. Was that truly the arrangement? Did Jesus require a mother without her own karmic backlog, or was that simply a privilege he had karmically earned in earlier lives, one that would make his anticipated difficult mission life more tolerable? All right, and Creator tells us both of these things are true. He was given the benefit of a wonderful family setting to present no inordinate obstacles and to have support he could count on, both by virtue of an important mission life being underway, as well as having earned the distinction to have an important mission of prominence to be supported by the divine realm, but with a minimum of obstacles and liabilities that would be posed by less than perfect family and parents. Such influences, particularly at a young age, can derail a normal life and cause lifelong restrictions that can be quite severe and damaging. For example, if infants are not loved unreservedly by the parents, it will take a toll on their ability to function. So Jesus Christ was doubly blessed having the mother he enjoyed. You know, I think... There's a lot of emphasis, I know, in the Catholic religion on the importance of Mary and her role as mother. But, you know, a lot of times I think there's times when, especially us males, might not really appreciate the overwhelming importance of the mother in life, you know, and that uh, she actually came in and almost her entire mission was to support him. She had very little public exposure. And yet she came in with her karma set aside, too. So... To have that kind of blessing, that kind of preparation bestowed, just shows how important the role of mother is. So, any of you mothers out there that feel like maybe you're not as important as somebody else, trust me, you're you're incredibly important. Well, in all our discussions about gender and gender roles and the differentiation of the male and female as a potential comes back again and again to the reality that women are the embodiment of love because they're closer to it, they're more in tune with it, they're better at feeling it and better at expressing it. That's and true. what do you need in a nurturer yeah. as, as a parent more than the ability to love the young and to cherish and nurture them accordingly? That is what gets people started off on the right foot. And it makes, makes all the difference. Them who they are. Yes, it does. Absolutely. So that is divine. It's entirely divine. And if you think about the fact, this is what God does all day for the most part, it's sending love where yes. it's needed. 
And so that role is an exalted one, and there is nothing more important. Absolutely. You asked, Creator, did Jesus undergo any kind of esoteric training as Miller repeated centuries later in Tibet in order to recover his light being capabilities? And Miller Repa was a figure in uh, Tibet about a little over a thousand years ago who went from basically being a murderer to enlightenment in a single lifetime, but he underwent decades of very esoteric training. So that's why he was mentioned in this question. Okay. And this is what Creator tells us. Jesus Christ had our backing. He had to prepare himself, as we have explained, to be ready to accept this mantle of divine capability, knowing that he would be making himself a target and taking on great risk for those times in setting himself up seemingly above others and claiming a loftier purpose and pedigree and challenging the powers that be and their authority to rule over others arbitrarily and with a heavy hand, as was happening when he came into being. So this was not something akin to becoming a rock star. It was truly becoming a warrior for the light in a setting where humanity was in a contest with invading interlopers, running the world, and controlling humans quite savagely through a series of constraints and outright punishments. It was an act of great courage to take on the role of Messiah and to do so with the gentleness and love Jesus Christ bestowed on everyone he met was a singular combination of soul attributes that made him an outstanding divine representative, an example for the ultimate in balancing needs and opportunities to be effective in life and effective in dealing with others, no matter what the circumstances were or issue at hand. When love is available and can be dispensed, any problem can be met with and solved. This he demonstrated over and over again with his healing work and was the most important of his messages for humanity, that a person's lot in life and their suffering need not be seen as inevitable and endured with a fatalistic perspective that one might simply be doomed, but rather that divine grace can make up for personal shortcomings and allow a person to break free of their difficulties and transcend them by virtue of belief in the divine and wanting to have divine love in their life. This last paragraph really says a lot. Um, I think it's important for people to realize that we may not know where we're at karmically, but we can always move up. We can always heal what we have. Um, and if we take on that attitude and not dwell in the negative, we can make forward positive progress. And Jesus' life was to show that way, that, you know, have an upward-looking glance, not a downward one. Well, he was a superb role model, and he shone that light so powerfully. It's still talked about today, and it survived all the stresses and strains of the conflicts and misunderstandings, the corruption, the evil abroad in the land. It just keeps bobbing up. And there's a reason Christianity is such a powerful idea and a powerful symbol and something that fills a hole that we yearn for in ourselves. And it's not just the words in the, in the Bible either or other you know, divine uh, religious traditions. Creator is tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, pay attention. There's something important here. And that's what we're learning today. Absolutely. We'll be back. 
with more of this discussion when we come back with more Get Wisdom after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about the future of the divine human, and that is us, as in you and me. So it's an important discussion. Yes, and we have work to do, I think, <laughs> to to meet that challenge and reach that goal. You know, Indeed. we're always a work in progress, sadly well, we, enough, but this just got, gives us at least a purpose. Yes, and it's it an important one, and we're learning about that as we go here. So and stay tuned. And we're talking about some wonderful role models along the way, one in particular. So we'll get on with it. You asked creator... When did Jesus fully enter light being mode when incarnated? Was it during his baptism by John the Baptist when he was 12? Or was he in that mode fully from birth? Many accounts place him in India during the missing years of his life between the ages of 12 and 30. Was he in India during that time? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. He was in India and elsewhere during these travels, And this was useful preparation for setting the stage to have a platform with some life experience and the maturity that comes from being independent and learning from other cultures. All of these attributes were important and helpful to him with his mission to be a prophet and teacher and to speak with authority on spiritual matters, despite seeming to have come from nowhere. This was mostly due to having a direct access to Creator during his life. So there was a seamless connection he could use to call on God and be assisted in many ways, both through having knowledge and wisdom imparted, but also to receive divine support, healing, and protection when needed to keep things in balance and functioning well and to have divine energy available at all times for any task at hand, as in the performance of miracles. 
It is a truism that wisdom comes with age. It is a function of life experience. To come into a child with divine wisdom beyond certain basic elements is not only inappropriate but not possible because knowledge and wisdom can only be imparted to someone in the physical who is ready for those insights and has a basic understanding and a need to know, a desire to act in a divine way. That impulse will come from an inner desire that springs from life experience in some way or another. It is only when one has encountered adversity that one seeks wisdom about righting wrongs, about healing, about raising up the self and others, and has a motivation to seek such knowledge and the energies needed to accomplish the task. That level of maturity to bring sufficient wisdom to function as a teacher also mandates a life of preparation that will involve considerable learning and growth to step into the role of prophet and to become a Messiah representing the light. So there is no great mystery here. It was not so much the specific facts and information he was exposed to in his travels. They were simply stepping stones to gaining maturity and wisdom to be a match to his mission life role as a Messiah, bringing forth divine truth to the masses, and to have a special complement of energy to make that apparent to anyone he was with, that the divine was truly speaking through him. So this was a special configuration of energies that was planned for, worked towards, and was brought about when he was ready to take on this role directly. And it was in place prior to his baptism and gave him the wisdom to seek this out. So he was stepping into the role of teacher and prophet by associating with John the Baptist as a kind of personal endorsement of those services and divine benefits being offered to others and by way of example, showing that the baptism can be an act of divine devotion and a symbol of transformation from becoming a passive witness to the possibility of God to embracing the truth of the divine and asking to be a direct partner with the divine and all that that means. This can be done through intention and does not require a ritual, but rituals have their place because they call forth a strong inner intention and make a strong impression. And that impression, by definition, requires a strong inner intention to identify with, accept, and to embrace the ritual as having its intended meaning for that individual. And that intention accomplishes the inner shift in thinking and alignment to be something more, something greater than before, a greater knowing, a greater acceptance of divine truth, a greater personal identification with the possibility of being divine and acting in divine alignment through one's thoughts, feelings, words, and deeds, all of which promotes spiritual growth and enlightenment through healing and repair of former discord and inadequacies. You know, this whole idea of preparation has got me thinking. Um, you know, Mary was essentially without sin or had her karma set in abeyance. And I imagine, it wasn't said here, but she probably had a direct 
channel to creator as well. And that would be important because the kind of channel that they would have to creator is probably similar to what you're experiencing with your channeling in the sense that we have to ask questions to get answers. God's just not going to dump it on us. We have to probe and bring back wisdom, get some more insights, probe again, bring back more. It's an ongoing process. I don't think that process was probably any different for Jesus and Mary. Well, I'm not sure about that, but I think the parallel is quite profound and quite meaningful between the lives of Jesus and Mary and the lives of everyone else in the human community. We're all interconnected. We all belong together. We're all made for the same purpose in a similar fashion with unique attributes as individuals, but the parallels are are quite striking. We all have a yearning to be close to the divine. And so everyone who who has any religious practice of any kind, going to church or a mosque, synagogue, or just something individual that they do to commune with the divine in some way. And they're making an interconnection that's every bit as meaningful as the great teachers. That's what they came down to show us, that it's possible to be in alignment and to be a part of the divine and a divine way of doing things. So all of us in our own way are striving to emulate that role model, whether it's conscious or not, because that was a hugely meaningful enterprise. It wasn't something at all disconnected from the human situation and the potential of our culture. These teachers were showing us how to be divine as boots on the ground and live and walk the talk. Yes. You ask creator, when we use the light worker healing protocol, we are asking for divine assistance to heal our clients. Did Jesus also ask for divine assistance when he healed the sick or because he was fully in light being mode, was he able to manipulate energy directly without assistance from creator and other divine figures like the archangels? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. Jesus Christ did both. Because he was in light being mode, he was already tapped in and functioning in partnership with Creator. So his decision to bestow love for the purposes of healing was already coming from Creator without needing to formulate that specific thought and intention. But he did the latter routinely because he knew it would only enhance the outcome. So this is true for all human beings as well. Many have discovered they have the capacity to help others heal, but this will always be enhanced further if they request divine assistance to join them and potentiate the benefits for the recipient. This was true for Jesus Christ as well. Despite his light being status, he was still somewhat restricted by virtue of being in his physical body, as is true of those humans incarnated currently. He had special abilities that set him apart and greatly increased and magnified what he was able to accomplish energetically, both to control his own physical being through his miracle demonstrations 
of changing water into wine, of walking on water, and other miracles in manipulating the physical environment and the configuration of the human body as in curing a deformity, a birth defect, or accomplishing healing for a serious chronic disorder. He had the benefit of inner certitude about the reality of God and the presence of God in his life. This is what charged him and made him unfailingly successful when he wanted to demonstrate divine capabilities to others. The greatest obstacle to calling forth miracles is a person's belief quotient being less than 100%. Christ lived with the reality of the Almighty within him, speaking to him directly, and that is quite reassuring and empowering and can solve the problem of doubt, as was true for him in almost all settings. Yeah, this last uh, paragraph, um, the belief quotient is something we've talked about many, many times, you know, and it's something that has to be built up over time. It's not something that you can just, you know, snap your fingers and, and solve overnight. It's a, it's a growth process. Well, and, and all of this is a continuing thread and a continuing narrative that what set Jesus Christ apart from the average person was not different in quality. It was different in quantity, in, in the way things were expressed, in the ability to express them more fully, more effectively, more completely. And that is a function of those attributes that were specially imparted to him for this particular incarnation, that he was com completely in tune and communicated seamlessly in his head with God, talking back and forth. Yes. And then he had an unrestricted ability to take on that divine flow of energy that's sent to all of us, right. but to him in greater measure. So he could call on that for healing work and to perform a miracle of some kind. Yes. So he, had, he was special, but it was special in the way he was configured to demonstrate the reality of the divine. Absolutely. Carl, you asked creator, we are told that humanity has a karmic backlog of deep trauma that will take 40 years to heal once the interlopers have left us alone. That's the ET alliance. When that time period is over and assuming we will be successful, will all of incarnate humanity then be without sin, like Jesus and Mary when they were born? All right. And creator tells us this will be true for all who seek for this to happen. This period you speak of will be one of growth and change, education and assistance by many who will step forward to spread the word, to show the way, and to make available healing assistance for the masses. There will still be some who resist because of their programming, and they may well fall behind. If there is a decision to not take part in the ascension, that will be allowed. So there will be some who choose not to be a part of the growth and ascension that will be coming. That is free will in action and will be allowed. Those humans who ascend will continue to be in a position to be of service to their brethren who may lag behind and are in need of rescue and healing interventions. So it will not be so different for them 
from what is happening to the whole of humanity at the moment, being in an imperfect place with a considerable headwind, slowing down progress and enlightenment. But the vast majority of humans will answer the call, will become awakened, and will do the work needed to help themselves advance, to be in a position with enough healing, to be a part of the final push that will serve to wash away old karmic issues for all of time. There may be long-term issues still in play for some, but these can be worked on in the future wherever they end up going. The old souls among you are quite used to this paradigm, but this is part of what makes you all great, that you have taken on such challenges and such risks to even be wounded and impaired and suffering for extended periods of time in service to the light and your own enlightenment along the way as a consequence of being wounded again and again and again and needing repair. The same circumstances that drag you down and cause you harm are teaching you about healing and about the power of love to heal all wounds and raise up everyone to a better and more exalted state of being. This is why you have all volunteered to be a part of the human enterprise, knowing the future destiny that will result from a successful engagement with forces of evil to win the day. You know, this is, again, the um, this revelation that not everybody will participate in the ascension. That This is the first time I've, I've seen this said. It might have been said elsewhere, but this first time it really dawned on me that that was reality. So free will is always going to be in play here. You can choose to be part of the ascension. You can choose to be part of this massive healing effort that will be taking place, or you could choose to remain on the sidelines. Free will is still preeminent. Well, and this is essentially a product of the corruption and the damage that's being done to us. Some people will be beyond the pale and unreachable and unhelpable, at least for a time. But we'll be in a position to come back and work with them and to help them as ambassadors of love. So all is not lost. And eventually there'll be a path back to the light for them as well. Yes. And I I think what's happening is that we're trying to reach a a cresting point where the number of people that are capable of engaging in healing is enough to overcome the momentum of evil itself. That's probably the, that's probably the solution to evil, is that there's just have to, have to be enough mo- healing momentum to finally overcome it once and for all. And it just, it's a building process. Yeah. And keep in mind, this is a plan. It hasn't happened yet. No, it hasn't. <laughs> and we need that massive healing enough up front to heal the perpetrators. Yes. And only then will we have the luxury of healing the rest of humanity. We need to buy time by getting the perpetrators on their way to a better existence and away from harming us. Then we we can breathe free. We need your help in doing that. We'll talk about that more when we come back with more Get Wisdom right after this. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. 
At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about the divine human and its divine future. That is quite, quite magnificent. It's a huge promise. Uh, there's a lot that can be achieved, but we got a big obstacle to overcome first that's right in front of us. Well, and this this is the point of differentiation between Get Wisdom and the bulk of the so-called spiritual community, the New Agers in particular, who promote a kind of do-it-yourself spirituality, and they don't talk about God. And they believe you can just make everything happen with your own thoughts, your own energy. Everything is going to be wonderful if you just think that way. And they're being fooled. And meanwhile, the world is on fire. There's all kinds of problems, all sorts of, uh, sorts of negativity, manipulation, and corruption going on. And it's deliberate. It's called evil. It's the forces of the darkness. These are actual conscious beings of various sorts, dark spirits and extraterrestrials. So there's no time to lose getting on the bandwagon and bringing healing forth through the divine to help us. But, you know, it's funny because what you just said, they're actually not that wrong in the sense that it is kind of a do-it-yourself, but it's a do-it. But you have to motivate yourself to reach out to the divine in partnership. So there is an aspect of take action. You're not. It's yeah. not. It's not for you to reinvent the universe in your head, but it is up to us to reach out to the creator of the universe and and create a partnership. So there, there's an active step here that people really need to to take focus with. Well, and it's partnering with the divine, and that's the piece that's missing. Yes. If you sit around and meditate and contemplate your inner thoughts, you're going to be in a vacuum that will not elevate you and will not advance the world as a whole. It might give you some inner peace. That's fine. It's a kind of timeout, but it doesn't accomplish anything tangible. You need God to help with that. Absolutely. You asked creator, we were told... All have expanded wisdom when back in the light and can see the bigger picture more clearly. This is why when we channel light beings, we invariably get a similar divine perspective, even though all of them differ in terms of the size of their karmic backlog and in the amount of wisdom they brought to bear when incarnated in the physical. Yet the whole point of incarnating in the physical 
is to extend that wisdom and reach a point where one can bring divine level wisdom to bear while fully in the physical. Few have managed to achieve that while incarnating in a world fully controlled by the evil interlopers. Will the few that have managed to do that have that distinction for all of time? All right, Creator tells us this is quite true. And what it really represents is the degree of enlightenment attained, which is another way of saying the extent of the healing they have accomplished. So two individuals with quite differing backgrounds, one having a huge series of struggles with negative karma, who overcomes this heritage through healing it, will move ahead of someone who had fewer entanglements, much less suffering, but who has been neglecting their personal healing needs and has not fully healed remaining karma to the same degree. So there will be as many varied situations as there are people, because no two human beings are alike. The key is that the possibility will be open for the ascension, and all who choose it will be motivated to work in earnest on their healing. So you need not worry about missing the opportunity if you are aware of these words being offered and are in a position to reach out to the divine and choose to do so, asking for divine support, healing, and protection going forward. That will get you going, and you will be part of the process in the ongoing healing being spoken of here. So that's really the big message that we're continuously trying to bring, is that the ascension is not going to happen in a vacuum, and it's not going to happen with a flash of light from the sun, and it's not going to happen on behalf of ETs elsewhere that are, that are coming in like the Calvary. It's going to come in response to us doing some rather intense, hard at times work, actual work. We have to do healing work, and healing work means prayer, and it also means making use of the Lightworker Healing Protocol, you know, and let's not mince words, it's work. It's not always fun. Uh, It takes effort, but then anything of value takes effort. And if we want this ascension, we're going to have to work for it. Yes, indeed. You ask creator, what about those who are not incarnated and in the light during this period of preparation for the ascension? Will their current backlog be healed as well? Creator tells us the following. There will be opportunities in the future, even in the new paradigm in higher dimensions, for karmic repair work to be done and will be part of the new configuration to allow the means for repair and realignment to still proceed. So all who choose to ascend will be enabled to do so in one way or another. It is to everyone's advantage to do all the healing they can now still in the physical realm they are a part of, because the healing will be more profound, more thorough, and easier to accomplish because the current energetics are a perfect match to the repair needed, and it will be more complicated to do later on from the higher dimensions. But those in the light will do just fine if they miss out spending time on Earth during this healing interval. So, wow, so what's really being said here is that if you're listening to these words, you are currently incarnated here on Earth, and you have a super opportune opportunity. <laughs> I'm not sure how you put those words together, but you have a rare opportunity to really make 
a huge healing difference for yourself primarily and for others as well. But it's an opportunity that you don't want to waste because um, we're going to learn coming up here that uh, this may be it as far as this kind of extreme opportunity to really make profound healing. I mean, it, we're always going to have the opportunity to heal, but boy, this is where it's almost a nuclear option in a sense. Yeah, it's sort of analogous to coming into a new environment where you either have preparation or a lack of preparation. So it's like suddenly being in a new school, but you've never been to school before and everyone else is way ahead of you. You're going to be coming from behind and and you'll be able to do it over time, but you'll be lagging. There'll be difficulties. There'll be distractions from other things you'd rather be doing and you'd rather be more capable but you're not because you haven't done the preparation. So that, that's the best way I can explain the difference here. So getting in on this early and often is the, is the answer. And it will help the enterprise actually come about. Because we've been told there will not be a, an ascension until everyone is ready or has declared that yes. they're not going to participate. You ask, Creator, as negative as it has been, being incarnated on Earth during its constant occupation by the interlopers presents a rare opportunity to develop great wisdom under the most trying of circumstances. Once humanity is healed and ascended, will that opportunity be tested that severely have expired and be no longer available? And Creator tells us, This is quite likely to happen. That is another aspect of what you are experiencing and why your life is so very special. This is the culmination of a very unique set of circumstances where evil has sprung up as a consequence of the free will paradigm and needing to be countered. Once that problem has been dealt with effectively through your learning and growth and capability established through partnership with the divine, That capability will continue to exist and flourish and will be portable, meaning that it can be transferred to many, many other souls and soul extensions to be applied again and again. And that transfer will be from the practitioners who have mastered the skills and developed the expertise to be an advocate for others with the divine under the most trying of circumstances. To the same extent that the level of difficulty will never be as great as currently exhibited, the capability to handle any kind of issue or situation where love is being denied or perverted in some way for a dark purpose will be most effectively countered and the issue solved by an advanced being with the seasoning obtained from serving as a member of the divine human cohort currently taking part in this bold experiment of creator to bring forth free will and free agency for soul extensions of the divine. They will be individually and collectively a special group of beings and will hold this distinction forever going forward. So when I read this, I thought, well, we have the hat trick. (laughs) which is a set of three, of the of really incredible revelations that none of us would ever have thought possible. One, that only in the Milky Way galaxy does evil exist. Two, that 
it's humanity's job to actually solve this problem. And three, adding number three now to the list is once we solve this problem, this level of evil is likely to not be ever encountered again. And if anything like it springs up, those who have been through this preparation and training will be able to handle it quite readily because we'll have the knowledge and the wisdom to know what to do. Yes. And I think the difference in the future as opposed to the way it is now from what we've learned from Creator in other galaxies is that karmic payback is rather immediate. But maybe in the future, to allow free will, there won't be that immediate karmic payback, but there'll be a lot more ambassadors of wisdom that will be able to intervene directly and coach that individual from going down the dark path. That's something that really hasn't been available until, and and that we're hoping to get to that point where there's much more of these ambassadors available. Okay. Well, we've only got a few minutes left. so We we do. Let's go. Okay. One last question here. Is the Lightweight Healing Protocol and prayer work? a form of training for our future, in addition to being a vehicle for bringing in our own healing in the present. Are the LHP and prayer work a kind of divine apprenticeship? All right, and Creator tells us this is in many ways a perfect designation of the long-term benefits from participating in the opportunity current humans have to join forces with others to learn and use the Lightworker Healing Protocol for themselves, their loved ones, and others in the world they choose to assist. There is no greater or more exalted role than that of healer. After all, this is the largest part of how the divine realm spends its time and energy. Perfection is a goal and only exists as a concept. There are states of perfection that exist for a time, but the universe is dynamic. It wants to change. It is the nature of energy that makes this so. Great power must be accompanied by great wisdom for that power to be used wisely, judiciously, and carefully. So things do not get out of hand in a way that cannot be readjusted once again to bring things back into a better balance without harm resulting to such a degree that suffering causes a situation requiring significant healing effort to undo the damage. Wisdom will provide foresight. So the life experience needed to acquire the wisdom will enable those with the greatest experience to be entrusted with the greatest range, the greatest reach, and the greatest level of power personally, because they will understand the potential risks and consequences and will be able to create in a way that is positive in its consequences for all affected or influenced. So what is intended and desired as the end product of the divine human enterprise is to spawn new creators of love that will innovate in creative new ways in bringing love into being. All the universe will benefit from this eventuality and none more so than the divine humans themselves. Wow, so Craig basically is saying we're going to have these divine ambassadors, these new creators of love. Indeed, and you are it. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! We just just tagged you, all you out there in listener land. (laughs) We started Uh, the ball rolling. Now, you keep it going. Yes. (laughs) Come and learn how to do it well and, and wisely. This isn't as hard as most things because it only in, in involves using your heart, yes. summoning some love and compassion, 
and following the instructions. It's all laid out by Creator. Well, what we have to do is get a momentum going. And you can help with that momentum tremendously by supporting us at GetWisdom.com. Check us out at GetWisdom.com. Check out our healing services. You can not only learn about the LHP, but you can actually get LHP sessions from practitioners that can bring healing much more effectively and and quickly into your life. Uh, You can check that out at our healing tab on the menu at the front page of GetWisdom.com. Download our LHP summary. Get that at GetWisdom.com slash LHP. And you can kick off this journey of helping us, helping yourself, helping humanity get started by getting our prayer book. Uh, download that at getwisdom.com slash prayer. It's got the most effective ways to, to pray and bring about the best, quickest way path to divine healing that, uh, that we know of. That's all we have for this week, Carl. Thanks a lot. Right. Okay, take care and be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 